Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Sometimes you just need to praise the Lord. Shoot. Not just for a minute. Not just for an hour. Shoot. But praise him the whole day. Sometimes you just need to raise your hand and say, Jesus. that on the lineup and I said how do you fall in love with Jesus Deacon Keith I could ask you how did you fall in love with Rana and I'm sure you would give me a perfect evening and the right moment and what she wore and everything right I know you were going to say amen to that but falling in love with Jesus changes everything in our lives 
because when we fall in love with Jesus, Jesus reshapes our lives and changes our priorities. I received a call this morning from Deacon Don Dixon, and he was crying, and he said, Pastor, I, I have some news to share with you. And between the tears, he said to me that Deacon Ophelia's grandson, Jalen, uh, had been shot. And he didn't live. So right now, I'm so glad that we have Jesus. And when I talked with Deacon Ophelia this morning, I realized that her heart is shattered just as ours are. I've known Jalen since he was born. He was just turned 18. I was his dream partner. And we walked together, talked together, made plans together future plans of all the beautiful things he wanted to do in his life. So today I have, uh, I, I'm speechless. And if it were not for Jesus, I'm sure I would not be standing here. Our hearts are shattered. Our hearts are broken because someone we love is no longer present. And all we have right now to stand on is the word. The only thing that we have right now is the word of God. And I'm so thankful that when I talked with Erica this morning, Jalen's mother, she could say, I know my son was saved and I know that he loved Jesus. And I know that he studied his Bible, and I know that he was excited about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And as I thought about all of the parents in our church, I wondered how many are able to say that my children are saved, and they're in the arms of Jesus. How many parents can say that if I never see you again, I know that all is well. When Erica gave her testimony, I just thanked God for all of the teachers who poured into Jalen. I thank God that he was introduced to Jesus at an early age. And I thank God for giving him a grandmother grounded in the word. And I thank God that he knew Jesus for himself. The message I have is that time is winding up, and all of us need to rethink our behavior, or we need to rethink our relationships, and we need to rethink our priorities, because God is God, and we never know when God is going to move. So if you will, will you please help me to just praise God? for the beautiful life of Jalen Dunstan. Thank you, God. Glory to your name, O God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. 
it is my prayer that every young person, every person, but especially young people, will have the presence of mind to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that there is a time for everything and a season for everything, every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, you know all of this, and a time to uproot. But surely for us, it's a time to mourn, and it's a time for us to ask questions. You do know it's okay to ask God questions. And you do know that God will answer your questions in due season. And I'm sure right now you're wondering, why Jalen, a nice young man, didn't curse and he didn't drink and he didn't fight and didn't carry guns, but there he was. Why, oh God? So we just say now that have a conversation with God and call the name of everyone in your household and those that you love who are not in relationship with Jesus Christ and lift them up every day by name. Don't assume anything. And don't be ashamed to ask, are you saved? Have you received Jesus Christ? Have you confessed with your mouth? That's all you got to do, two things. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And the Bible says what you will be saved. So we thank God. John, the first chapter. John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah that I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. John was an exciting and disciplined person who knew his place and he knew his assignment. Many of us go through life and we never know why God created us and what we should be doing. I'm so thankful that our church takes the time, especially Deacon Ophelia, to help us to understand our spiritual gifts and how God has wired us. If you're doing something and you get no joy from it, Brother Tim, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Because God will never give you an assignment that will make you unhappy. God will not give you an assignment that will make you frown and make you be frustrated and make you frustrate other people. God will only give you an assignment that's going to give his name glory. And sometimes, because we're in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, we take people out of the presence of God. So we need to spend some time asking, Lord, how did you wire me? And what is it that you really want me to do? And be certain that your testimony matches your walk and your talk. In verse number 32, in the first chapter of John, John gave his testimony. This is what he said. He said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. He's talking about Jesus, and he saw Jesus in the spiritual realm. And that's one thing that happens when the Holy Spirit resides in you, that you see spiritual matters because God shows you spiritual things. And we move beyond the physical. Yes, you see me physically, but do you see me spiritually? And that's what John helps us to see, is that once you are filled with the Spirit, Spirit sees Spirit. Darkness sees nothing at all. You get what I'm saying? So John is saying that I am giving my testimony because I know what I saw. 
And he said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? How do you know when you are filled with the Holy Spirit? You can test yourself. Because once the Spirit takes residence, the darkness has to move. Once the Spirit moves in and takes control of your body, mind, soul, and spirit, the darkness has to go away. Because God does not operate in darkness. And there is no middle ground. And we, sometimes in the world, we want to change God's word so it fits our circumstances. But God's word is never, never, never marginalized for anyone. In the Old Testament, prophets also reveal God's mind and when testifying about Israel. In all instances of this kind of prophecy in the Old Testament, the prophets told about the coming of the Lord. The prophets told about what God was going to do. It's good to have a testimony. In the old church, we used to take time to give your testimony, Alex, and some people would go on and on and on. And for some reason, the church doesn't allow people to give testimonies anymore. Actually, I think that's a mistake because all of us need to practice our testimony so that we know how to testify when we have an opportunity. All of us ought to practice our three-minute speech on what God has done for me. Because a testimony gives you the power to explain and show someone what God has done for you. And John kept saying, don't look at me. I am the forerunner. I I am the one coming to make the announcement. I am the one sharing the good news of what's going to come. And when the Jews uh, came and the Pharisees and they wanted to tricked John. He said, no, 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 I'm not confused about who I am. I'm not confused about what God has told me to do. There is no time in the world for us to be confused. We need to be clear on what it is God wants us to do. To see Jesus is to see what God is like. And anyone who has seen me, John says, and this is in chapter 14, you've seen the Father. Isn't that good enough? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And if we are truly disciples of Jesus Christ, we ought to be the embodiment of Jesus Christ. We ought to care about what Jesus cared about. We ought to be able to have mercy on others. And we ought to be joyful about serving our Lord and our Master. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is a costly and humbling act. For surely there are times when we want to be fleshly and not spiritual. Have you ever had a moment, Trustee Randy, when the spirit evaporates and you just want to say what you really think in the flesh? That's when you need a Holy Ghost experience with Jesus to say, calm down. You're still representing me. Words are cheap. You can't take them back. And once they go out of your mouth and they land, that's where they are. But there's something about that Holy Spirit inside that allows you to be controlled by the Spirit of God and not your own nature. 
This is not a one-time sharing, but what happens is when the fullness of Christ is in us, there are changes in us. And there is a great difference between the law and love. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees always wanted to take us back to the law. And John was preaching and teaching that, yes, the law was with Moses, but love is with Jesus. And love has set us free. So when Brother James is singing, falling in love with Jesus, there ought to be some evidence. If there is no evidence, there is no love. And one of the things that we truly need to work on is love. How is it that we can passionately love people and then we just grow numb? How is it that you can be baptized and so excited, you want to witness to anybody who will listen? And then you get to the point that Jesus, just another day. Worship, just another experience. No song moves you, no prayer moves you, nothing moves you. You ask yourself, what happened? Why am I numb inside? Maybe you need to ask yourself if you have fallen out of love with Jesus because it's impossible to love Jesus and not be attentive to the things that Jesus cared about. So John was the voice crying out, are you the voice in your household? Are you the voice in your neighborhood? Are you the voice in your class? Are you the voice in the men's group? Are you the voice with the women? And what I love about the scripture is that all of us have a voice. It's not given to one of us, but all of us have a voice. And all of us have the responsibility to declare what doth say the Lord. So John announces that there's one among them whom the delegation does not know. And what an indictment. And although they are seeking for the Messiah, John is saying, the Messiah is not me. I am preparing the way for the Messiah. Don't let them look at me as if you're seeing Jesus, but look at me and realize that I'm pointing you in the direction and announcing the one who is coming. There's one who baptizes with water, that's me. But there's one that's coming, going to baptize. And you get to understand when his feet are turned right and left, and I go, Lord, don't dancing in the spirit. You go, Lord, that's God in the spirit. And now we're to my assignment. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in excellence because that's who I am in Jesus Christ. And Jesus gives us a fresh start. Jesus is the one who laid down his life so that we might have a fresh start with God. Jesus is the one who made his way to Calvary so that we might be reestablished in our relationship with Almighty God. Jesus is the lamb we praise God for, because without Jesus, there is no reconciliation. Unbelief that you can get to yourself. There are people who go to seminary who are not saved. In your own theology and what you happens when the word takes with the deacons and come giving our life to Christ. But when you stand the new, I'm so glad that I'm so glad that we have the glory divine. I, I thank you. And the only joy in my life is praising my Savior all the day long. How many of you can testify that you get joy from praising your Savior all the day long? I took my car in to be serviced this week. And so the gentleman said to me, uh, 
Trustee Camp, that this service appointment was going to cost me a little bit more than the last one. And I said, well, what was the amount of the last one? Well, why does this one cost so things like what? What do they do? So he busted in the car, potential energy into a source of kinetic energy. Your engine needs to find a way to release it. And it does that through the combustion process. I go, thank you, Jesus. Nick, tell me something else. And he said at the peak of the compression, your engine ignites this mixture with a small spark creating an explosion that forces the piston back downward, turning the crankshaft in your engine and creating the power which makes your car go forward. And after he explained what the sparks plugs do, I realized that I needed new spark plugs. But then I drew another conclusion, and I realized that Jesus is our spark plug. And I realized is that Jesus gave us that combustion and that energy that we need to witness to a dark and dying world that Jesus is Lord. And I realized that the church would be different if we had a service agreement, arrangement with you. What do you think would happen if we had a schedule and your name's on the schedule? And we send you a text message to say, Sister Natalie, it's time for your spark plugs to be changed. Sister Natalie, it's time for your tires to be rotated. What would happen if we gave Minister Brad a notice on the website that says, it's time for you to come in? to see if your wheels are aligned, because every now and then you need an alignment. Wouldn't that be awesome? So I said to myself, I need to discuss this with the deacons of the church, and I need to help them understand that our job is to maintain what God has given us, but some of us need some new spark plugs. And you don't need to be concerned about how much they cost, because it's free if you use the name of Jesus. And then I realized that I love the Lord. He heard my cries. He pitied my every groan. And long as I live and trouble rises, I will hasten to his throne. There is a name I love to hear. How about you? I learned this one in Sunday school. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. It's the sweetest name on earth. Can I get a witness? It tells me of the Savior's love, who died and set me free. Why don't you just pat yourself and set me free? It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It tells me of his loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Nobody right now can bear the burden of our loss but Jesus. Nobody understands. Nobody is equipped to understand how we feel, but we have a Savior who loves us in all circumstances. He loves us in all situations. When we can't take another step on our own, he stands with us. When we feel that our hearts are broken and we can't cry anymore, 
He says it's going to be all right. Because just as I came from John and I allowed him to bear witness, I'm going to give you the same opportunity. So today I'm asking you, will you bear witness in the name of Jesus? Will you look at someone who needs just a little bit of grace and mercy and say, there is a Savior who loves you just like you are? It's all right to fall in love with the earthly being. But if you really want to feel love, then you need to fall in love with Jesus. And everything will be all right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you again.